0: And now, it's time for Lawyers for Jesus Radio, lighting our path through law, a show about faith in the law and in the marketplace, featuring the partners from the law firm Mauk and
1: Baker. Located in downtown Chicago, Mauk and Baker is nationally known for defending freedom and serving the people of faith. And
0: now lawyers for jesus good afternoon welcome to lawyers for jesus radio i'm noel stard i'm an attorney at malkin baker we're a christian law firm here in chicago Uh, that serves people of God and whatever legal needs you have. Uh, We do a lot of different things from estate planning to uh, litigation uh, to zoning. And uh, a lot of what I do is religious freedom work in the courts. And so uh, we have a lot of different things we can do. Today, I'm honored to talk to a law school classmate of mine, Christy Wendler, who is uh, practicing in the area of immigration. And that's really just kind of a hot-button issue right now uh, with the president's uh, executive order, immigration policy forever being a mess it seems like in in, in america and uh all i know is that my uh, facebook feed and uh conversations are, are usually um just full of uh people on both sides of the issues uh, followers of jesus on both sides of the issues and i thought i'd take a moment uh bring in christy wendler and uh, get your perspective so thanks so much for coming on the show
2: Thank you, Noel. It's so good to be here. Thank you for the invitation.
0: Tell us a little bit about your story. Uh, you know, you went to law school, but how'd you get there, and why immigration?
2: Sure. Well, immigration didn't start out as my plan when I went to law school, but looking back, I can sure see how God laid the foundation for me from my early years. My parents were missionaries in Mexico, so I grew up there and. I uh, was able to learn Spanish, and that's been of a, a tremendous value to me now in uh, having my own immigration firm that serves a large percentage of uh, Hispanics. Um, but but also, growing up in Mexico afforded me the opportunity to learn new language, uh, new culture, and just giving me a love for, for other people groups. We did a lot of traveling throughout South America and even to Cuba. And uh, so there's no doubt that that played a role in... in um, where I am today, I, I remember I returned to the U.S. at the age of 18 and enrolled in school, and one of the first classes I took was New Immigrants Relief. I was up in Minneapolis, and we worked with Somalian, I believe they were Somalian refugees, and uh, um, that was over 20 years ago. And uh, so, you know, I can see all the way as far back as there that God put that, that uh, love for immigrants in me. Um, I didn't go to law school for 10 years after that, but I got my master's in counseling in that interim time. And that has been a tremendous value to me, to me too. And then went to law school. uh, Yeah, why did you you do that?
0: Why did you go to law school?
2: (laughs) I I think, you know, it sounds cliche, but it, it was a God thing. I mean, it was just one day I... Uh, somebody put a book across my path, and I can't even remember what the book, uh, it was a Hugh, uh, well, I can't remember the book at the moment, but uh, I remember I just thought, you know, I need uh, I need to develop myself and, and, and go to a school like Regent, and that same week, a, there was a recruiter from Regent there, I think from the School of Government, so that's originally what I was going to do, and, and, uh, and then that also coincidentally, I met a uh, Regent Law School um, student in Dallas. That during that same time frame, so it all just kind of came together. I went out and visited, and really? really fell in love with the vision of Regent Law, and that's how it started.
0: And then yeah. how how did you you said you didn't want to get into immigration law, but then how did you? I mean, what was the what was the transition no, to that? Um,
2: it wasn't that I didn't want to. I just didn't know much about it. Um, I took um immigration law at regent and that kind of started sparked my interest in practicing in that area and so to explore that a little bit further i i went and interned that next summer at just law international in washington dc with a i believe it was another regent grad and buwalda and that again i i had such a great summer doing employment visas employment based visas there and um and so that's really where I think I really knew that I was going to focus in, in that area. Um, now, my first job out of law school was family law job, but again, it was serving a 90, I think 95% of our clientele was Hispanic, and I fell in love with working with that group of people in the area of law and um, took, a, took a few years off, raised kids. And um, a few years ago, I opened my own firm, and now I'm practicing almost exclusively uh, immigration here in Beaumont, Texas.
0: All right. Well, we're up here in Chicago. It's probably not quite as warm as it is down there.
2: Um, No, I'm sure it's not. It's beautiful.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's uh, this is Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Noel Starr, an attorney at Malkin Baker in Chicago. We do not do immigration law, but if you want to speak with a Christian lawyer in this area that does immigration law, give me a call, 312-726-1243, and I'd be happy to put you in touch with them. And, uh, Christy, I do want to talk about kind of the issues of the day. As an immigration lawyer, uh, you're dealing with people uh, that are coming— Uh, right face-to-face with our immigration policies, our immigration laws, and uh, just the whole process that's entailed. Uh, I think from an outsider's perspective, uh, it's almost too much of a tangled web for me to even begin understanding. And I'm a lawyer. So how do you approach this? And what are some of the big issues that uh, you wish other people knew knew more of?
2: Well, we don't have enough time (laughs) to get fully into this, but I, I thank you for the opportunity to share for a minute here and say, you know, um, it, this this topic can be extremely extremely divisive. But I think we've got to remember and keep it ab- above all above all else remember that immigration is talking about people, the movement of real live people mm-hmm. across borders. It, they're human, made in the image of God, just like you and me, and um, it's so. Easy to talk about immigration in the abstract, but fundamentally, it's about immigrants—people made in the image of God—and I have the um, privilege—I consider it a privilege—to work with them, um, documented and undocumented alike. And um, I, you know, I wish um, I wish I could encourage more people to um, to to see. Th- see that divine image in, in each of these events, I think it's so easy, right, especially right now in the political environment that we're in, to um, just just take sides and, and kind of forget that.
0: Yeah, it seems like there's uh, two camps. There's the side that says, here are uh, people made in the image of God, and we should love them, and... Um, really the immigration laws, whatever they may be on the books, uh, to be damned with those, because really we have to make sure uh, that whatever they need, be it uh, in-state tuition, be it licenses, be it uh, work permits, be it whatever it is, we need to kind of make that available. Then there's the other side that that's not really focused on the humanity and says, well, we've got laws and we need to enforce them and we need a wall and we need to protect ourselves and our Our communities and this kind of outsider mentality, you know, don't take our jobs, don't take our our tuition. Uh, We don't need to uh, foot the bill for your families, and uh, the humanity is lost. Um, How do you deal with that conflict? Because it's a a very real one, and I I know people on both sides, and, you know, I don't necessarily know where I even fall, but I I certainly hear your point. We need to make sure that we remember in all these issues that these are uh, men and women and children made in the image of God
2: absolutely and and it's you know it's something I've had to grapple with i'm you know I in no way suggest that there should be no controls over immigration because I, I do and i'm I'm all for securing our borders um, and our you know uh, n- increasing our national security and protecting our economy and and um, all all of that, but I deal with these people and I see their cases on an individual basis and I see some, some culpability, not just on their side. There, there's clearly culpability, and, I, and I'm speaking specifically about my undocumented clients at this, at this time, but mm-hmm. there's, there's also some culpability on, on the American side as well.
0: Yeah. I, what What do you mean by that? Maybe we're going to have to uh, speak more about that after the break. But uh, you know, part of the issue, and and what do you mean by the the culpability on the American side? Because I think this is this is something that more people should be aware of.
2: Well, I just think that we can draw an analogy to to a concept that's already in American law, and I'm by no way any kind of expert on <laughs> property law or adverse possession, which is what I want to talk about. That. The, the concept of adverse possession, which says that if you allow people to come into your your uh, land, come onto your land and squat on it, stay a certain amount of time, and meet other qualifications, that you're in essence you're you are um, you know giving your land to them. And um, I just I, I think it's a helpful analogy to recognize that American law already already recognizes that 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 you can't have culpability. And we've allowed essentially millions of, of immigrants to come over, and we know they're here. We have their, 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 many of them, millions of them, their addresses, their phone numbers. And we have, we for, for years, we've uh, allowed them to build families, lives here, have kids and grandkids. And I, I think that um, some of these groups, subgroups, Of people that are not hardened criminals, are not convicted criminals, are not, um, don't have deportation orders pending. Mm -hmm. We need to, um, you know, see that we do have some culpability in this and possibly find some reform that is more compassionate towards these groups.
0: Right. Coming up, we're going to talk more with uh, Attorney Christy Wendler about immigration policy in the United States and how followers of Jesus uh, should approach these issues and how Christian lawyers can get involved. I'm Noel Sert of Malkin a law firm in Chicago. If you need help, give us a call, 312-726-1243, and tune in every week to listen to us at Lawyers for Jesus Radio.
1: In the wide, confusing world of law and lawyers, it's tough to find someone you can trust that shares your Christian values for legal advice and representation. Trust Malkin Baker, a Christian law firm based in Chicago that serves churches, ministries, businesses, and individuals with their legal matters. They seek to represent clients like you with integrity and care by using biblical principles as the foundation of their work. Additionally, their monthly newsletter highlights what's current in the religious liberty arena, keeping you informed on your right to worship whether that's on the street, in public school, or within the walls of your church. Subscribe to their newsletter at maukbaker.com slash newsletter. That's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R dot com slash newsletter. If you have a legal need or question and want the perspective of a local Christian attorney, contact Mauk and Baker at 312-726-1243. Call and mention Lawyers for Jesus for a free consultation. That's 312-726-1243. Welcome back to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Noel Sterrett, attorney at law,
0: the law firm of Mauk and Baker in Chicago. If you need have any legal issues or if your ministry has any legal issues, give us a call, 312-726-1243, or look us up online at mauckbaker.com. Uh, we're just uh, some Christian attorneys in Chicago that are looking to serve uh, people with legal needs, uh, particularly if you're in churches or ministries. We've uh, worked with many ministries in the area uh, and I do a lot of religious freedom work in the courts. So if there are civil liberties issues, uh, give me a call 312-726-1243. This afternoon, we're talking about a slightly different issue, but I do believe it has civil liberties implications. Uh, we're talking with Christy Wendler, a classmate of mine from Regent University School of Law, who's now uh, working in the context of immigration. Christy, thank you so much for coming on.
2: Thank you for having me, Noel.
0: Give us a couple examples, one or two, of what your typical client looks like, and and kind of what your, those cases involve.
2: Okay. Well, I've seen um, since the fall a, a big increase in the number of undocumented clients coming in and and um, trying once again. Many of them have been to multiple attorneys and trying to find that pathway to citizenship and. Sadly, for many, there just isn't one, and I can I can give you a couple examples that are currently um, uh, clients. Um, one that's very sad to me, and, well, they all are, but grandmother is, is a client, and she has been here 35 years. Absolutely no criminal record. When she entered the country the first time, she was... Um, Picked up by integration and released, but, or she, and she, she signed a voluntary departure, which which meant that she would would leave voluntarily, but she didn't end up leaving. Well, she stayed, and she built a family here. She married a citizen, and she had kids, and she had grandkids, and now she has great grandkids, and they're. Very complex situation that I can't really get into but there's nothing I can do for her at this point she will um, she could she could be deported at any time and uh, she's one of those that I talked about a minute ago that immigration has had her her number had her address for 35 years and she has built her life here and she lives in constant fear right and
0: yeah, and I think and that's I the can... that's the that's the uh the difficult thing because there's you know there's culpability all, all 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 the way around and the difficult thing is uh because we have had laws that haven't been enforced we've created a situation in which we've kind of been implicit in the sense of saying okay yeah well we'll stay we're not enforcing these laws uh, in fact we've got sanctuary cities and uh groups that say look whatever the laws are we don't need we're not going to enforce them and so in some sense, we're inducing these people to, 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 to live here and grow their families. And and then when you get a new administration or another party gets involved, um, then all of a sudden now we're going to become real strict and, and rigid in our enforcement. And But these are human lives, as you alluded to.
2: And absolutely, I agree with you. There's culpability on, on both sides here, no doubt. She, you know, she came over here without, without the proper paperwork and she didn't leave when asked. Um, but you know ne- nevertheless we we've, we've allowed her to be here this long and you know what what do we do now with with, with grandma everybody is a us citizen but, but grandma and she's now facing the end of her life and um possibly deportation very 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 sad
0: so what do we situation. do i mean i mean if you were a legislator and perhaps you will be soon uh what <laughs> how do we how do we handle this what is uh... You know, because I, I think a lot of people are, are are grasping for that answer. And all I see is uh, kind of the two uh, political parties and the various sides on the, my Facebook feed uh, aligning themselves in a way that uh, they're all talking past each other. Uh, the humanity of ever, ever, everybody, even those that you're disagreeing right. with, is lost. Uh, what would you suggest we do? And, and I'm not going to hold it to you. So if you run a campaign, <laughs> and don't build a wall. If I, or... had
2: that an- if I had that answer, Noel, I, would, I could probably work anywhere I want. Um, <laughs> I I I think that you know that it's it's such a difficult thing to to answer. And I I'm, my eye is on President Trump right now. You know, I I think he's taking, in my estimation, they're, they're baby steps. And um, you know, I'm, I'm, I am mean, I know everybody's keeping our eye on what is he going to do with immigration. I've seen some positive signs with how he might treat um, some of the. The groups such as the, the dreamers; those are the, the uh, those that came here as young adults and children. Mm-hmm. And if they were deported, um, to me that would be one of the the, the saddest situations because m- many of them. I, and I have several of these as clients. Many of these don't don't speak Spanish, would ha- have never been to their country since they were kids. Don't even remember it. Some of them sure. were were brought here just days old. I have one client like that. That, that's a that's a difficult, actually, I think that's a pretty easy one as far as I think we need to find an answer for keeping them here. Right now, they have two years at a ta- at time they're given deferred action, which basically means not deport, we're, the, the federal government has agreed not to deport them um, if they apply for this deferred action, but we do need to find a longer-term answer for that group and some of these other groups um, that have no criminal record, that, that do not have multiple deportations, I think that, that there, there's some compassionate um, ideas out there. And I, again, I don't have all the answers, but I'm excited to see what this current administration comes up with because I've heard all the naysayers and I, I actually am, am hopeful I, um, that he will come up with and compassionate, but just reform in yeah, the area I, of the law. Yeah,
0: and I think one of the things, you know, so that we don't ha- create the kind of moral hazard that we created by not enforcing the laws, uh, you know, in, in the decades prior, is in some sense we need to make sure that if we're going to have a plan in place and we're going to have border security and we're going to have a, an immigration system and we're going to treat it as such, that we have to start enforcing the law someday because if we don't absolutely. then we're going to create more of this uh, situation where we are inviting the problems that we are now uh, dealing with
2: absolutely and a good example of that is the catch and release policy which um, you know was announced recently that the Trump administration is going to to end that and I think that that um, that's a good thing because um, from my viewpoint that has greatly encouraged um, people to, to come in parents South American Central American parents to send their kids to the border and because they know if they can get them to the border with the trafficker they'll get turned over to immigration and the immigration will deliver them to their family Wow and and I think that's a big incentive and I'm, I'm, I think that needs that needed to change and there's there, you know there's some other policies like that um, that, that need to change because they incentivize coming over here
0: yeah and and it's putting and as and you as you pointed out it's really putting a lot of the children at risk i mean because when you said oh
2: absolutely my mom just spent four months in one of those detention centers in el paso texas and um i I got so much insight from her stories and the stories of the kids um and and their risky and um voyage or journey I, i guess from South America to the border, it was heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking some of the abuse that they they suffered.
0: Yeah, so I mean, these parents are incentivized by essentially the policies that we've adopted here in the United States, and uh, they think that this is the the golden ticket or the easy way out. But uh, it's it's as as you alluded to that that uh, that trip when they send their children up is fraught with a tremendous amount of risk, both for abuse and and um, Right. children are lost and and um, taken and I you know I just I think there's just so many areas in which uh, it's a mess all the way around that I'm really hopeful that we can start moving and the last thing I want to see uh is this uh this issue which is so uh, fraught with human uh humanity and and so much at risk uh just devolve into something where it's just this partisan bickering where we're really not making any progress, and I think that's kind of what happened with President Obama as well, is we didn't make much progress because we were too busy just taking our our political party lines and not putting the, the interest of the child uh, at the fore, um, the interest of law enforcement. Uh, these are competing interests sometimes, but I think we have to remember the humanity of everybody, and I just really think that that's an important point that you've pointed out, and I really appreciate it. You're
2: welcome. I agree with that, and I always I always like to also say there's responsibility on the immigrant side too. And they're, you know, they, they need to follow our laws. They need to assimilate into our culture, learn our language. And I encourage my clients this way. And I think, you know, uh, for those that, you know, there should be a pathway to citizenship. I think once they have that, it will help those groups assimilate even more and learn our language and get out of the enclaves where they're kind of hiding right now. And, um, but I agree with you. I think we seeing them as human beings made in the image of God is such an important um, starting point.
0: Well, thank you so much for coming on today, Christy. I thank you for, for your work in this area. And, you know, anyone out there that uh, is out there and is wondering what to do, I would just encourage you to read more about it, and always put at the fore the humanity uh, that each one of these individuals is created in the image of God. Uh, but there's also the interest of, of justice and uh, and our law enforcement. And I just would encourage everybody, no matter what side of the, the political line you're on, uh, just to continue to put God's priorities first in your consideration of this. And, and in these discussions, also realize that the people you're arguing with are also made in the image of God. So, Christy, thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate your work. Um, This is Lawyers for Jesus Radio. You can find out more about us and the radio show at our website, which is maukbaker.com. Tune in every weekend to listen to us. You can also call us if you have a legal need, 312-726-1243.